0: Welcome back to another episode of Harmonious at Lunch. Got another fun one in store for you today. Harmonious at Lunch, what are we doing? We're disrupting the way you think about your business. We're giving you the architecture, the context to view the surplus of content in the world. There is no shortage of content. And we're here to help you filter out the noise and what actually applies to you and your business. So before we get started, if you don't know where your business is weak, Let's figure that out first. If you want to take our bad assessment, the diagnostic that will tell you where your business is in these 10 fundamental disciplines, go to whatif.com, take that assessment, and then you know how to filter this information. We want to see where your business is, where it's strong, where it's weak, and how you can help that grow over the next 3, 6, 12 months. Today, fun episode, topic that I personally love, so I'm excited to dive in. We're here with Sarah Finns, and we're going to be talking about Know Your Money, Grow your business. This is awesome. But first and foremost, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. So know your money, grow your business. Uh, duh. First of all, right. But how many people <laughs> don't know their money? This always blows my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean it's true, and that's actually how my business started. Um, I was, you know, working in another business um, as a health coach, and as I was working with colleagues and you know peers. it was clear to me that so many of them didn't know what they were doing when it came to managing the money of their business. They weren't tracking it. They weren't looking at it. They weren't managing it. And I started kind of helping them on the side. But um, you're right that there are a lot of people that um, just aren't doing that, especially at the beginning stages of their business.
0: Yeah. You know, I definitely want to dive in and figure out, how we fix that what's going on there but something that i've personally noticed from from working with entrepreneurs and helping them especially on the smaller side when they're they're just getting started is a lot of people get into entrepreneurship and owning a business because they love what they do mm-hmm. so they they're the artist if you will they're, they're the producer the main producer and a lot of times maybe they come from corporate or just from from making a hobby into a business they don't realize that the financial piece of running a business is so crucial how often does that show up for you
1: it it shows up all the time um and my background is actually in accounting so before i went back to school for health coaching i was um working in corporate as an accountant i was a cpa and so i had that side of the business but the more people i encountered the more i realized that if you're not trained in that area it's not something you think about and so it's actually why most of my clients come to me because they know that they have to be looking at that. There, you know, the awareness is there that there, there has to be more attention paid to the finances, but they don't really know how to start and they don't, they just don't know what to do. And so it feels overwhelming and it feels hard. And so yeah, I encounter that um more often than not with um with my clients.
0: Yeah. And then I think a lot of times we're we're playing the shell game, right? It's like ten dollars comes in well there's a ten dollar bill over here let me just pay that and then hope mm-hmm. I don't have another ten dollar bill show up and it's just constantly moving things around there's no actual strategy or you know w- specific way that you manage your money to plan mm-hmm. for the future so okay let's we know where we are let's take a step back how did you how did you go from health coaching into helping people manage their finances that seems like quite the leap
1: yeah, I mean it's a little bit roundabout story. So as I mentioned I was um I started my career as an accountant in corporate, you know, I worked in various roles um including auditor and assistant controller and all the things. And then um I went back to school to become a health coach. Uh, it was about about 15 years ago now when my first child was born and I ran that business um for about 10 years and it was really great and as you know I connected with more people and met more other health coaches like me and other wellness practitioners, um, it became clear that they struggled with that side of their business. And so I started helping them, you know, a friend here and there, a colleague here and there. Um, And then one day I had the idea that I really could break this information down into a very simple way to get them started so that they could feel more empowered when it came to that, that part of their business. And so I started doing it a little bit on the side. Um, And then just before COVID, I kind of launched my, what's my current program now, but I launched the first iteration of that and it went really well. I realized that I love supporting other solopreneurs getting kind of their ducks in a row in this area. And so I had to choose, right? And so that, uh, it felt called that way. And so I, you know, closed doors on my health coaching business and um, I've been doing this for the past few years and it's, it's been great.
0: So yeah, that's how I wound up doing this work. That's amazing. So in, in doing this for a few years now, and even before that, just helping people, what are some of the most common pain points that, that people come to you with?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the main ones is overwhelm. So mm. just feeling like they're, they're not sure what to do, but they have so much to do. Um, oftentimes they wait till they have to file their taxes, right? So at the end of the year, they're trying to pull together a whole year's worth of information and organize it in such a way that they can give it to their tax preparer or they can file their taxes. Um, and they just, they they get paralyzed, right? So that's the main thing, helping them come up with a plan to get ahead of that overwhelm and to kind of, you know, get past it. Also, you um, you know, there's, there's mindset in it as well. Like people will tell me I'm not good at math. I'm not good at numbers. I don't know how to do it. And I love to explain that it's really not, you don't have to be an accountant or even someone who's good at numbers to learn what you need to know to manage your finances. You just have to have, um, the skills and the, and the basic information to get you started. And so, feeling not confident about their math abilities or their financial abilities is another kind of challenge that I see coming to me a lot. So those, those are the two main ones, overwhelmed, feeling like they're not sure what to do, or they have too much to do and not feeling confident in their ability to, you know, do what they need to do to manage the money.
0: Yeah. So I resonate with that. I have the math skills of a five-year-old, but I have a calculator. So we're good, right? (laughs) It's all you need. (laughs) That's exactly right. You know, I convinced myself that when I was in school, I was like, I'm not going to need this whole math thing. I'm going to have a calculator (laughs) one day. And I was right. Okay, teachers, But besides (laughs) that, I hate accounting, like truly with a passion, can't stand it. You're not alone. My first business, I know, unfortunately, but when I started my first business, that was the first, that was my first hire. It was, and it wasn't really a hire. I outsourced it to my CPA. They had a bookkeeping service, but I said, that is not going to be me. I'm not even going to learn how to do it because I'm going to screw it up and I'm going to end in jail, end up in jail. That was, I was honestly terrified. I'm like, I'm going to go to jail for tax fraud just because I don't know what I'm doing. So when you're working with people though, like I know you're not a, you're not a bookkeeper. You're not, um, you don't do CPA services, even though you were an accountant. Um, but what is that, you know, you talked about mindset. How do you help people understand that, you know, you can manage this yourself and you should have a, a foundation of mm-hmm. accounting, not accounting, but a mindset of money to be able to manage your finances.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important before you outsource that you at least understand the flow of the money in your business. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to be the one to do all the inputting of numbers and that sort of thing. And I think it's it's um, you know great to outsource that when your business is ready for it. But it's super important to know the the basics of it. And so I like to start my clients off like one step at a time. So figure out where they're at, right? Some of them don't look at their numbers at all. Some of them have kind of like a little bit of a system in place. Some of them use an accounting tool already, but they don't know how to get the information they need out of it. So we figure out where they're at and then we kind of layer it on. So what feels doable? Start with the next thing that feels doable and once you're feeling more comfortable with that, then we put the next thing on. And there are obviously some basic principles that I teach them, You know what they need to look at, what they need to track, revenue, expenses, profit, that sort of thing. Um, but we do it over time so that once they get comfortable with the topics and the jargon and what it is they need to know, we can add on from there so that it's not adding to the overwhelm that I talked about before.
0: Mm, yeah, that's, that's so big. If you pile it all on at once, they... Go like a turtle in their shell right and they just say, nope, not for me.
1: Yeah, which is totally natural, especially if you're someone who doesn't feel confident with numbers or like you were saying just doesn't like them, um, which is is very common. So I teach them how to do you know, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but the most important things that they could start with without having to know you know all the things because it's not necessary to know you know accounting frontwards and backwards to manage the money in your own business.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay. So then I know you have a a free guide on your website. I'm going to pop that on the screen here. Um, Tell me a little bit about what this is and and how it can help people take that first step.
1: Yeah. So this guide that I put together, it's three steps that you can use right away to um, implement in your business, to get your finances more in order. And so you know, it's not talking about debit credits, things like that. It's very practical um, advice that you can use and put into practice as part of the systems of your business to get your finances more buttoned up and more organized. And so that's what's in that guide. Um, and it will take you through my top favorite top things to start with.
0: That's awesome. Are we allowed to dive into that a little bit? Oh sure. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Let's say I'm I'm coming to you as a business owner. Um, let's use the truth. I hate finances. I hate accounting. Um, but I need—I know I need to manage my money, and I need to understand where it's coming from, where it's going, all of that. Yes. What, what is that first step? So the first step is to keep your
1: business finances and your personal finances separate. So a lot of the clients I work with are just starting out, or their business is a side hustle that they're, you know, hoping to make into their full time business over time. Um, and so it's really important to separate out what's going on in your business and what's going on in your personal finances. Even if you're, you know, in the U.S. and you're filing as a sole proprietor or LLC, which means that you know your business taxes roll up kind of into your personal taxes, it's still important for record keeping purposes to keep it separate. And I see a lot of people have it commingled, and the issues that that can create is um, confusion from your record keeping. Right, you have to sort through. All of your statements, figure out what was business, what was personal, just adds a lot of time and stress onto the, you know, the management and tracking of your money. So the number one thing is if you're not doing it already, separate out that business and personal um, finance. So that's the first one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's foundational because the way you set up your business, the way you structure it is that stays with you for a long time we actually um i had a client who were were on a one-on-one call this week we were talking about the the structure of her business the like the legal structure and something that that she did five years ago is now affecting her today because it wasn't properly set up at the time Mm -hmm. not her fault because you know we're not none of us are cpas except the people who are right and we don't fully grasp what the long-term effects are so Mm -hmm. i love that you're teaching people from the beginning like let's get the foundation in place.
1: Yes. Because then as you grow, it's easier to keep up with, you know, the growth of your business um, because you already have that foundation made. And so that can be finances and also everything else, which, you know, I know are things that you teach.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, is the, the separating of personal and business. Now you said solopreneurs, I see this at, you know, Companies with multiple employees Mm. and who have been in existence for years, the commingling of finances, it drives me insane. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how you feel about it, but it doesn't get messy. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it gets really messy for sure.
0: Um, Yeah. So, so okay.
1: Good practice to keep everything separate and also energetically too, right? Like if you're focusing on your business, you want your business to grow. So you're, you know, putting the energy there that it's, it's the own thing and it's growing as opposed to kind of just having an own model together.
0: Yeah. It's messy is a good word. We'll leave it at messy. So, okay. That was, that was step one. What is, what is step two after we have that established? Where do we go?
1: Yeah. Step two is to make dedicated time on a regular basis to look at your finances. So one thing I come across often is that, um, you know, small business owners will wait till they have to file their taxes to look at their money at all or when they have to make an investment and they just check to make sure they have enough cash to cover it. You know, that sort of thing. Um, But it's really important to make it a habit on a regular basis, whether it be weekly, monthly. It really depends on how much volume you have um, to look at the money that's coming in, to look at the expenses you have, even if you're not necessarily tracking it or putting it in your bookkeeping system right away just to get in the practice of looking at that and kind of knowing what's going on with the flow of your business. So I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, that's huge. That's such a great tip too. So in in tying this to the harmonious architecture, finances typically fall in analyze and risk and defense. So we'll we'll take risk and defense first. We put finances there because if you don't have money, that seems like quite the risk, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That one seems obvious analyze that's what sarah was just talking about if you're not reviewing your metrics on a regular cadence how do you know whether you have you're making money you're losing money you have to know these things as a business owner if you have 500,000 employees or no employees you got to know where the money's coming from
1: exactly and even if you have no employees you have to make a practice of paying yourself and there's no way for you to do that if you don't know what's coming in and what's going out and what you have what bills you have and, and all of that. And so it's, it's really important to know what's going on so that you can make those informed decisions for your business.
0: Yeah. Something that comes to mind for me is, and I heard this once, I don't know who said it, but back to what I said before about being a a solopreneur, being the artist, being the producer, a lot of times we get into business because we like doing the thing, producing the widget, completing the service, doing the art. When you're in business, you are a professional, whether you like it or not. So let's use a sports analogy. You don't see basketball players not shooting free throws like they do. And they master the fundamentals so they can get to that next level. If you don't do the stuff that Sarah's talking about, you can't grow your business. And a lot of times people do. And we, we obviously work with people who do as well, but it is so hard to grow because you're just held back constantly, but it's by yourself. And you it's because you're choosing to not take that step and learn how to manage your finances. So I think this is a very, very important conversation um, and if any of this resonates with you, I, I encourage you to go download this free guide. Sarah, I want to hear step number three, but I don't because I want people to go download your guide okay and I want them to reach out to you if you want to know step three go to sarahfins.com steps and and figure out what's going on with your finances. Um, Sarah, tell me though, who, who is the perfect person to reach out to you for help with their finances?
1: Yeah. Solopreneur who's in the first few years of their business, right? You're getting your business up and running. You have clients, you're working with them, but you know, you need to manage the money better than you are, or maybe you aren't doing it at all. And you're looking for a simple way to kind of get a handle on that. So that is my ideal client, solopreneurs, wellness professionals, health coaches, any service-based solopreneur that's ready to get started and get a better handle on the money management of their business.
0: That's so great. All right. Well, if you fit that description, or if you just need help figuring out what your finances are, how to manage them and how to grow past the point where you are, reach out, Go connect with Sarah. Now, can we connect with you? Are you on social media? What's your favorite platform?
1: Yes. Um, I'm on and Sarah uh Finn's on LinkedIn. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Easy Business Bookkeeping, which is the name of my program. Um and so yeah, you can find me in both places. But if you look up my name on Facebook, you'll find me there too.
0: All right, very cool. And wherever you're listening to this, we will either have tag Sarah or it will be in the show notes. Um so please, if you if this resonates go reach out, download the guide and figure out what's going on with your business finances and figure out how to get past where you are and get to that next level. Um, Sarah, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a much needed conversation, unfortunately, and I, I hope the listeners got as much out of it as I did. Thanks, Brendan. I hope they did too. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to give myself a shameless plug here because only because Sarah said it first, she said people come to her because of overwhelm and, well, People come to us for that same reason too. Again, whether you have no employees, you have five employees, or 500, the firefighting in business is so common, but it doesn't have to be. There's one thing that we've identified at What If. It's the first step in our architecture that once you master it, the chaos kind of goes away. I'm not saying there are not financial issues. We have people like Sarah who we can send you to for help understanding your finances. But for us, if you have chaos in your business and you want to calm that chaos, we have a three-day accelerator workshop coming up, uh, one to two hours a day, very simple, but it's going to teach you going into the new year how you can calm that chaos and get a hold on your time and reclaim your calendar. I think that's what we all want as entrepreneurs. So go check it out, whatif.com chaos. Learn more there. And who knows, maybe Sarah will come on as a guest speaker. She doesn't know anything about that. I'm inviting her now, but <laughs> I think um, I think you're really going to resonate with this if you if you like Sarah today. So go check that out. But if not, either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Harmonious at Lunch, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks again, Sarah.
1: Thank you.